Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This has been a year from hell in a good way. And this is not my fault. This is a circumstance that I've created for myself out of a bad circumstance. I'm in my new bachelorette pad. Generally speaking, I like to take a swim in the morning before going to the studio and then I get on my lymphedema machine. I've explained to you what lymphedema is. Look it up yourself, I don't have a lot of time. very special two-night, four-hour-long special moment in American history. It was the Wendy Williams movie and documentary entitled Wendy Williams the Movie and then Wendy Williams What a Mess. Join with me to talk about all things Wendy is Princess. Hello, Princess. Hi, Kara. I'm so happy that you responded to my text message affirmatively. Um, where I said, all right, have you recorded something about this? Have you decided to record with someone? Could that someone be me? And then it took you like mm, seven minutes to reply back. And during that seven minutes, I was like, oh, this bitch is ghosting me. <laughs> she's ghosting me. She's already, she's like, no, I don't want to talk about this with you. And I you was know, like, do we have to? You saved me. Because I was supposed to talk about this with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Someone who shall not be named. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> they bailed on me so I was like damn I really still wanted to record it but I didn't want to record it by myself so like I'd just been sitting on these notes waiting for a couple days being like I don't know what to do I didn't want to ask anybody because it was so last minute but yeah no you saved my ass so I'm happy Uh thrilled that you're here 
sometimes things fall apart so so things can fall together. Exactly. Finally, exactly. inspiration Twitter is right about something. <laughs> so talk to me about your, what are your feelings about Wendy Williams? Okay, so full disclosure, I've met Wendy Williams a few times. I have. Times. Uh-huh. Okay. I, she, I have a sister-in-law who works in radio who is friendly with her. Okay. And so I've met her a few times. I have not. I am not like a windy head. So when I mean that, that is that I didn't listen to her on the radio and I don't watch the Wendy Williams show. I watch clips from it, but I never was like, let me sit down and watch this fucking show. Okay. And so I guess that it's, that's, I guess that's weird then, huh? Cause my idea of who Wendy Williams is, is more like a person I've met. Yeah. As opposed to the media, the, the media, Wendy Williams. Right. Well, I like that. I think that we're coming from two very distinct perspectives and mm-hmm. I enjoy that. So my thing is like, I wasn't really familiar with like her come up in the radio world. Um, I don't know if she aired in Atlanta because I would have been living there at the time that she was on radio. Um, but obviously I'm familiar with the show and I use Wendy as a, an example all the time of like, the type of people that we see on TV. Like, and I've given you this example before, like Wendy versus Ellen, like Ellen is somebody who was basically bound by her personality and this personality and character that she's crafted. And we all see how that went over the summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have Wendy who is messy and says things that she shouldn't a lot of times, but she's unapologetically herself. And yeah. for that, you have to give her at least a little bit of credit. I will say that in person, she is like all people that you meet that are a public personality. She is not as loud and as like, she's just not, she's just, she's a lot. She comes in the room a lot more quieter than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, Wendy, to me, she represents, so like, I feel like as a black woman, you're either an Oprah or a Wendy, right? And sure, really? there's, yeah, there's shit in between, right? But if we if come down to it, you either have to be an Oprah or a Wendy. And uh-huh. I'm a Wendy. Like, I like mess. I like the mess to come out. I am somebody who's just like, okay, well, let's fucking talk about it. I am, I am not someone who who appears elegant or appears a certain way. I'm just like, take it as it is, okay? And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being either one of them, but it's so interesting that, I mean, how long has she been on the air? I mean, not the air. How long has she been on TV? Ooh, I think it's been at least 10 years. So there's a whole, because I was, someone was tweeting about this. There's a whole contingent of people who only know Wendy as TV Wendy, right? Right. As opposed, that's why this movie and this documentary were so important because, like, even though, like, I, I didn't listen to the radio, I knew of Wendy, Radio Wendy, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a distinct difference between the two, even though she's still bringing you, like, lots of authenticity and lots of, you know, lots of, um, I'm just, just say it, tell it like it is. I mean, she got to watch What Happens Lives and called Dolores Black. Right. <laughs> she black. said what needed to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
she yeah she's definitely herself and i think you're right it's either like we're like soft and wise and you know going to take you into our arms and like pull you close to our bosom yeah or we're like black bitch you're totally right yeah, Oprah um, reading books and using big words and talking to Maya Angelou and shit. And Wendy's just like, I mean, watching this, she's still using the same slang. And like, she at one point she held up three fingers and was like, pick a finger, bitch. And I was like, that's some shit you said in elementary school, Wendy, isn't it? Say it. And like, she's, I feel like she's just, she's not worried about growth, not really. But Oprah's all about like self help and growth and like, you know, how can I be the best person? I know the Obamas. That type of shit. Like, Yeah, totally. So I want to talk just briefly. You haven't watched the movie, but I have. And, you know, I think it's pretty much agreed upon by everybody who watched both that the documentary is better. But there's obviously very good reason for that. It is very... She's very Wendy. Very Wendy in that documentary. Well, <laughs> the, the movie was a lifetime movie. That's what it was. And I'm not saying... Like, I've heard people say that, I mean, it's not that I don't intend to watch it. I just didn't have enough time. But it, it's not, it was very watchable, according to everybody. It just was a lifetime movie with the wig budget to match. Right, exactly. It was, I don't watch a ton of lifetime movies, but I thought for, like, for what it was, it was pretty good. I think they took a lot of creative license that I think was, like, fun and interesting and made it less, like, drama 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 like the beginning they do this like she's in the makeup chair and she's doing a prayer and she's like you know dear god give me strength and then it kind of like focuses where she's sort of like has to be on because the makeup yeah. person comes up and, and they're like are you okay she's like yeah yeah i'm fine like and then she's like totally TV show Wendy and then we see her go you know she's backstage and she's about to you know like on the show with the sliding doors open when she comes out so she's waiting on the other side of that partition and it pauses and then she's like oh you know very cheesy like you mm-hmm. want to know my, my life like here it is and then it backtracks to like her being a kid so I thought it was like pretty good I thought there were like funny moments. There were times where she, um, you know, like she was pretty honest. And like you said, the wig budget was on point. She had a bad, you know, one of those like tie it close to your real ponytail ponytails. And like, it was messy. And I felt like it was really um, accurate. <laughs> accurate to, <laughs> to what we have seen from Wendy. Um, but there were like very cheesy moments like when Total comes up at the radio station and then Kevin comes and he's like the big hero and he saves the day and they embrace outside of the studio, <laughs> outside of the building. And it's just like, oh, he saves me. And they really paint him as this like Suge Knight with a heart of gold. Oh, God. <laughs> he's really like, all things considered, he gets like a pretty favorable edit. Not like she talks about him in the documentary at all. Oh. So where does um, the movie end? Um, it ends. I mean, it skips a lot. Like we get maybe five minutes of ten minutes about her childhood, brief, and then a lot of it is her how she came up in radio, and then the rest of it is like the Kevin of it all. 
Okay, so yeah. he gets a good edit until he gets we get to that part. Yeah, I mean, it's like drama and stuff. Like he gets a good edit basically until she has little Kevin. Mm, okay. And things like turn. But it's still, I mean, it's very like lifetime. Like if I were Kevin and I saw that, it'd be like, yeah, you know, it wouldn't be like the worst thing in the world. Has he said anything about this? Um, he said, well, Wendy said that she, he had all the opportunity in the world. I think she said this on Watch What Happens Live, that they did reach out to him to be in the documentary and like mm-hmm. gave, told him that like he could say whatever he wants, say your side of the story, like tell your truth, you're free to do so. And he refused. I don't think he's um, put out an official statement, though. Okay. Um, so let's talk about... Did she talk about Eric B. in the documentary? Okay. So, no. She did not talk about Eric B. Okay. Um, I do know... I mean, obviously, I know the story. But the I, I guess Eric B. was in the movie and not in the documentary. Yes. So that part was funny. Like, they just made him, like, a loser. Like, a you know, they met at a party that she was hosting, and he was so smooth. And then one day he's like, oh, let me call, borrow your car. And then he, she was supposed to go to work that day, and he showed up all late and made her late. And then, so she rented him a car. The car ended up being late from the rental. And so she had the police calling, like, looking for her because <laughs> stolen property. And... Yeah. So, yeah, he finally, like, brings the keys back, but he throws them on the floor. He comes to her apartment, throws the keys on the floor. Because he mad. You're right. Let me tell you what. If my if I'm at work, my car is at work with me. Okay? Right. You can't right. be riding around in my car while I'm at work. You've lost right. your mind. Right. This is not baby boy. Okay? I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She paints herself as, like, pretty digmatized by him. Yeah. That, like, he was a loser. Yeah, I information which you will. I so besides, I mean, I know she's talked about Method Man, right? But that was in an interview. It wasn't in the. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't a documentary. So in the last few days of like the movie and everything and the doc coming out, I've heard about Wendy having sex with obviously Kevin, her husband, uh, mm-hmm. Eric B. Uh, the name of the guy who assaulted her, I guess, came out, but I forgot what it was because he was a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Method Man. And people always keep saying about Wendy, they never really see her with men. Right. Kevin. They never really see her with men. And I'm just wondering, like, how many other names... You think that she has names that of, like, famous or famous-ish people, people we known people that she could tell us about that she's been with? that she's that she's like holding back Mm, maybe i don't think so because she seems very like alone like in the movie she talks about how she kind of just did her own thing because she was worried about people you know taking advantage of her and you know, she keeps, like, even in the documentary, she keeps repeating, like, she's her own best friend. And she had and, to like, be her own best friend. Yeah. Which made her sound incredibly lonely. It did sound very lonely. Um, 
like on paper, being your own best friend sounds like a good idea. But the way she kept saying it was like, oh, bitch, you're lonely, though. Yeah, like you're alone. Yeah. Like you really feel alone. So let's talk about the documentary. The, The first line... She says, this has been the year from hell. Well, let's set the scene because it's a, it's a, it's a, she's given a lot of look. <laughs> she, she, wait, wait, she has three like interviews, right? But the one we start off with is her at home, right? Um, I think it might have started in the chair, but then it quickly goes to her at her apartment. And I guys, like, I want you to close your eyes and picture this if you didn't watch the documentary. Picture what appears to be a very fabulous Manhattan apartment with a view wall to wall, you know, glass. Uh, what do you call those? I'm looking right at them. Window. Wall to wall windows, like beautiful apartment, but we don't see the whole apartment. It's really just a tight shot of her um, on the bed, on the couch, like amongst her things, like, Legs up, lymphedema machine pulsing on her legs. She is just like posted up Dorito, like flaming hot Doritos on the table, caviar that she's dipping in. It's just a lot of look. It's a lot of look. It's a lot of look. And we're very close up on Wendy. So you see her, her eyes and those big cheeks and her nose, like, we're all up in her fucking nose. We're very close to her. Yeah, this is not like the Barbara Streisand Vaseline on the lens. Mm. It's raw Wendy. Wendy at home. Raw Wendy. And she starts off by telling us that this is how she starts her mornings. Mm-hmm. She does two hours on her lymphedema machine. By the way, I have lymphedema. Not like hers, but I have it. Like, I wear a leg brace. Mm-hmm. I don't have like hers, and I don't have that machine that's a very that's it's a pretty expensive machine i don't have that machine in my house but right. and i don't have lymphedema therapy two hours a day like apparently she's doing but what was really cute well not cute but it just i enjoyed she was like i'm not gonna tell you i don't have mm-hmm. time i don't have a lot of time here like she like, <laughs> like she's on her way somewhere i'm like did you just tell me you have to do this for two hours what are you talking about <laughs> you have time lady <laughs> this is your documentary what do you why are you acting like we just ran up for you on the street or something well, i don't have a lot of time for you guys today okay look it up <laughs> look it up if you don't know what lymphedema is look it up she calls doritos and caviar a party in your ghetto mouth which is <laughs> amazing uh, it's then she says you know when you guys aren't here when the cameras aren't here when nobody's here i sit here on the couch with the cats we look out the window and we think about how kevin fucked up and that was 30 seconds in. By the way, Lord protect me from any, any kind of sexual situation that'll make me fumble a bag like Kevin, whatever his fucking last name is, because it doesn't matter. Lord protect me from that, from any, any, any vagina or penis that will help me fumble this. I, when she said, and we used to think about how Kevin fucked up, I was like, damn, he did though, didn't he? He did. He did. And I think at one point she said, like, look at this, like, look at what he threw away. Oh, she goes, when she's, she has another a confessional look where she's sitting on the floor and has her high ponytail. She looks more like herself. And she says, 
I'm sure he, I knew he wasn't using condoms, but you know, I've got my, my woman area checked down. It's ready for the next man. I'm <laughs> ready. And what's he got a damn baby. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys, she is mad. She mm-hmm. is still very angry at Kevin. She does not hold back. She does not like, she is angry and it's, she's angry the whole time. Like what, actively. Do you know when this it, was filmed? I mean, it had to have been recently because the end of the movie ends in 2020. Right. Because so they got divorced. The divorce divorce was finalized in January of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everyone who talked about this movie and this documentary talked about how it's very obvious Wendy still has a lot of feelings about this, right? But... Nobody has to say it. She says it with every word that she talks about. <laughs> I know, guys. So the one where she's at the so the the so like I said, she has the the talking head where she's sitting and she's like on it's black behind her and it's like a red chair or something. She has one where she's sitting on the floor and then she has the one where she's lying on that couch with the lymphedema machine. I want to know when they were recorded because the one where she's lying on the couch, she is screaming crying constantly like cameraman camera turn that off but like she's she's emotional and she's less so in the one where she's sitting you know and so i wonder if we that get one of her sitting in that chair though what we get so little amount of footage of her sitting in that chair i know because this is where the good footage is what why would we want her talking calmly when she's like literally using a uh, a Q-tip to dab her eyes and shit. <laughs> Amazing. So let's like, you know, okay. Take one. There, She's sitting in the chair. She's in the studio. in the, Not her studio, but like doing a, a professional interview. Right. And Terry Real Housewives. Yeah. Marker, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There were like three seconds into the actual documentary, she's sitting on the chair. They're like, take one. She starts to cry when they ask, like, tell us who you are. And she immediately starts crying. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) It is wild. So then she starts telling us about like her origin story, her growing up. She says, you know, she was the oddball of the family. She was one of three children. She says her sister was, like, the perfect one. Her brother was, like, you know, the little baby boy. And she was, like, the weird one. And she says, my family was really late to the party with me. Like, they didn't get me. Um, yeah. Her parents are fascinating because they clearly have cultivated an idea of what their family was like. And they don't want to admit how badly they treated her. They talk about her because Wendy was a was a fluffy child. And apparently they didn't want that. And they used to weigh her and do all kinds of sh- just really traumatic weight shit with her. Yeah. They talk about it proudly, though. They talk about it like it's a sitcom episode. Like, it, like they're like, yeah. oh, you know, Wendy, you, you know, she so had issues, but it's like, you know, she is a great figure now. So that's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then 
they like they like laugh and talk very like lightly about how oh you know Wendy we used to weigh her and she used to you know lean to the side to make the scale go down and but then we caught her and isn't that funny like oh that's our Wendy but like Wendy very clearly has trauma like serious trauma very unresolved issues with her parents and it's really interesting to watch them even after all this time have no real desire to be honest about how they treated her. I, I think, I think it's so funny how they juxtaposed Wendy being like, no one really got me. You know, it's really hard to talk about, you know, I'm the one that talks about the problems because we look like this from the outside to Mm -hmm. her mother being like, the Lord needed, knew I needed sunshine. He brought me Wendy. Right. And her father being like, oh, like the way he tells the story about her leaning off the scale, he tells it very comedically, but obviously that's not how it went down, right? That's not, obviously she got into some sort of trouble once they realized what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like any situation in which you're getting like, weekly weigh-ins from your parents and it's only you and there are other people you know what I'm saying like yeah I don't know there's a part in the movie where she goes to a party and she thinks she's doing the right thing because they're playing musical chairs and the two left are her and the birthday girl Mm -hmm. and she's like okay I if I just sit in the chair and if I'm the winner then everybody will like me not knowing that like you're supposed to give it to the birthday girl right so she ends up breaking the chair and her mom is like so embarrassed and then there's another scene like right after that where she wets the bed and they have a housekeeper so she's like she starts to like gather up the sheets and put them in the closet and then the housekeeper comes and grabs it and you could tell that like the housekeeper might be like the nice person, <laughs> like yeah. the person that might be, you know, the safe adult in the house. Um, but then her mom walks in and she's like, Oh, you know, it's probably your weight um, <sighs> pressing down on your bladder. Oh my God. <laughs> in a, a, like a, you know, in voiceover, she goes, no, it was anxiety. <laughs> like it, It's very, very interesting to watch that. So Mm. yeah she says that she started with bulimia because she read it in a magazine but then she heard that it messes up her teeth because so she stopped because she's a quote tooth nista (laughs) 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 i mean did you like it when she said her her parents were strokealicious no (laughs) (laughs) i died i died at that Oh my gosh. She said like then she says basically like I I couldn't wait to get out of Jersey. I couldn't wait to get out of my family's place and do my own thing. Be my own person and everything was good until Kevin. And then she depicts herself as like a very much a Mm -hmm. go-getter. Very ambitious. Like I mean she wasn't looking the way she describes herself she wasn't looking for no man. She wasn't looking for no kids. And she just really only cared about um, about growing, about like 
getting to be on the radio and growing her career and being like a bad bitch. That's all she really cared about. And so, like, yeah. But she talks in the movie about how basically, you know, typical thing of like, you know, I didn't have friends. So I would, you know, see the magazines and see all these celebrities and want to know like how they were living and all this stuff. And they, yeah, she says the until I met Kevin part. And then they show this picture of him, like, like a clearly paparazzi picture taken from across the street and it goes black and white. And it's like, dun, 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 here's Kevin. <laughs> like a movie villain it's so so funny he is the big villain of the whole story yes even though yes. he's painted as having good dick taking care of her like just being very suave in the documentary she talks about when they first met he or when they first end up going out or whatever she said he had on new clothes she could feel the crease and knew that he had new clothes and she said oh he's trying or he went all out and i like 2020 Wendy Williams is still impressed by that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you can tell like they clearly had good times, and that was probably the love of her life. You know, it's sad. It's sad. So then we get this clip of her at the pool in her apartment building. She is. She's got a chain on that says Wendy. <laughs> she's wearing a blonde bob wig and she a one good. Love is love and rainbow, and then a leopard robe, and then she's like, "Don't get me from the back, <laughs> okay? <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be filming me from the back." So then we go back at the apartment. She's still holding a can of caviar, like she's completely forgotten about it, but she's still holding it. And you know, she starts talking about, you know, like I love this apartment. This is so great. This is like, you know, the apartment I deserve. And then she starts pointing at items in the apartment that we never see, but they're like clearly behind whatever setup. Yeah they've got so she points to like oh I still have things from my old house like the house my marital home and she points to something that she she's like I I won the father's day for that year me and little Kevin made this thing some kind of Ferrari thing that they put in the garage for him and then she they signed the corner of it she's like look at it it still has KH for Kevin Hunter on the thing and like me and little Kevin signing on the bottom that motherfucker like she's pissed <laughs> well, why did she bring it to her new house that's what I'm wondering why did you I... bring <sighs> so you need Ferrari memorabilia why would you put that in your apartment in your apartment I bet we don't see much of her apartment because I bet her apartment is real hoarder-like. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of, like, chintzy... Mm, you shit. Yeah, just, like, a lot of stuff in there. She, I mean, she talks about... At one point, we see her office at yeah. the show. Like, it's got all this stuff in it. She starts crying, like, it's so great. That it's so junky. <laughs> she said this fabulous stuff. And then she was, they were shooting. And I was like, that's not, girl, that seems like trash. What are you doing with that? But I like, a, like fan given stuff, right? Yes, that's what I was going to say. I bet that she really holds on to a lot of those things because even though Wendy is very proud of her son, like the way she describes her son, first, he's not in a movie much, but the way she talks about him in the documentary is like, she always refers to my beautiful son, my gorgeous son, my my son, he's in college. Like she, she's very proud of her son. But 
Wendy doesn't give mom vibes, um, which makes sense because Wendy's not like a professional mother, you know? Mm-hmm. It, she, she's a professional TV personality. And I bet that Wendy it gets very sentimental about things given to her by fans, awards she wins, you know, plaques for certain things. I bet she gets very sentimental about that because working in the 30 years in this, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. It's all she ever really wanted. I mean, she's been able to do things that, you know, a lot of people aren't able to do. To transition from radio to TV is not easy, especially when you're somebody like her. But, like, she kind of created Wendy, like the Wendy style. Yes. Of, like, she created a whole niche, a whole genre of radio hosts. Yeah. And, and she, she talked. Go ahead. She has been canceled a million times. Mm-hmm. Do you think about when she, so when she talks about her, her ride, because before Kevin, she is a rate, she is on the radio. She is a, she is professionally successful. And she, she talks about being at Hot 97 the first time and about um, having, and, and having to leave there and go to Philly. She talks about these things and she, she's just had a lot of pushback on who she is. Like, even though like she, people were listening to her on the radio, she would bring a station to number one. I mean, she, she, she did a lot of shit, but people used to hate her. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that she said like everybody in the music industry, like nobody wanted to come on my show, but because I was number one, they had to. Yeah. This is (laughs) just before social media. How was anybody going to know you had an album? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to tell them? Right. Yeah, exactly. There was one point in the movie where she said that she went from making 9,000 a year to 60,000, which in like late 80s yeah. early 90s was a nice little check. Yeah, cuz she started off as she started off as part-time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's not like they get paid millions. Um yeah. So then we see she she mentioned something like, you know, like, I was on my way and, like, basically she doesn't really want to give Kevin any credit for her career. She's like, I would have been something without him. Like, I was making all these moves without him. Sure. Um, I believe that. But the fact is that when Kevin came into her life, she really roped him into her, the business of Wendy, much like Bethany and Jason, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it is is that, like, remember, Kevin's 23 when they meet. Yeah. And she's like 30, I think. Um, I think she's think... nine, but she said, like, because of where he grew up, he was like a 40 year old. No, she's just saying that to explain why she's almost fucking 30, fucking with a 23 year old. Not that it's <laughs> illegal, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 30 and 23 are two different fucking places. And yeah. so she just, you know, just like dudes will be 45, fucking a 27 year old, being like, she's very mature. She's very, she, she understands, she likes old movies too. Like, th- that's what she's doing right there, but whatever. Yeah. But what, what, she, what happened is that Kevin became a part of her business immediately. He was a manager. He, and just like Bethany, what had to happen is that, like, he didn't have as much going on, probably nothing going on. He was fucking 23. But <laughs> I, I bet, like, to work on that relationship dynamic, she had to pull him into her. And he had to be something where he thought he had the pull. And eventually he did become that guy, you know? 
Um, I also think of Wendy as somebody, gosh, Wendy is very alpha in a lot of ways, but I bet she, the way she talks about Kevin saving her over and over again, I bet she just loves when some dude shows up and gets all like aggressive. She says she loves a roughneck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she loves that shit and she loves like being able to lean on him. She's 5'10". I bet she's, and she, and she wears heels and shit. I bet she... So she is in in reality when you see her she's a lot taller than you think. Like she just seems super tall. But I bet she's had she's always had a thing about her weight cuz her parents are trash. I I feel comfortable saying that. I'm sorry. They seem like trash. And yeah. and so she's had a thing about her weight and she's fucking tall. I bet she loves being like cradled. I bet she loves just having some dude like defend her and hold her and like and and I think that's what he provided. And so he got really enmeshed in her life very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, I mean, she does kind of set it up. Her, she met him at a skating rink and like yeah. she knew his boy and the boy was the guy who was who was like, oh, this is my friend Kevin. Like he's interested in talking to you. And then they immediately started working together. Like at the skating rink, she would host and he would be, you know, doing yeah. whatever the hell he did beating people he, up. I don't know. He drove uh, Miss uh, D uh, I guess his name is Mr. C the DJ. He yeah. drove him and Wendy would host and, and then he would DJ and mm-hmm. Kev would be there. So like they're doing this shit every fucking weekend. You're seeing him over and over again. You know? Yeah. He looks big. He looks like, you know, he's talking to her the way she likes to be talked. She's from New Jersey. She's such a Jersey girl. She really is. And I have to give props to, I think her name is Sierra Williams, who played her in the movie. She had her accent down, like, real good. She did a really good job with her voice. That's good, because Wendy's voice is iconic. Yeah, yeah, it is. And she did a really, really good job, I thought. Um, So, later in the documentary, we see, like, kind of clips of Wendy's work. And this, like, really excited me. We see... Her being, like, brash and bold and inappropriate. <laughs> we hear clips of her asking Mariah Carey when the last time she had sex was. When was the last <laughs> slobbed on a knob? Yes. We get the whole Whitney conversation, which, you guys, pause this now. Go to YouTube. Type in Whitney and Wendy Williams interview. Get was- your whole life. Yes. And you know what I find interesting about that Whitney thing? right, that people don't talk about enough, is that one, it wasn't on the air. It didn't happen on the air. It happened off the air. And right. Wendy put it on the air, okay? Mm-hmm. So so that means, like, the way people talk about it, Whitney show, called up and, like, cussed around the air and there was nothing Whitney could, uh, Wendy could do about it. No, it's not true. Wendy absolutely wanted to publish this. She was like, I got something good. And, mm-hmm. and also, the although she, Whitney lets Wendy have it, obviously. Um, yeah. If you remember Whitney's best friend, Robin, she wrote a book. I, I read it recently. Uh-huh. She talks about what it was like to be on the other side, that she that Whitney wanted to come up to the radio station and fuck Wendy up. But Robin had to like kind of tell her, no, 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 you can't go out there. Because Whitney used to beat bitches, okay? And so <laughs> I know you guys don't know that because you remember her as the godmother, the fairy godmother in Cinderella, in the black Cinderella. But the, she used to beat bitches. And so she she wanted to go up there, but she settled for calling. And she she meant everything she said when she told her, keep my fucking name out your mouth, bitch, and all the other stuff. Yeah. But... What's you, a, like a, po- a post-Diane Sawyer interview, Whitney. 
Yes. So she's in like the throes of, you know, denying what's going on with her drug use. Post crack is whack. Post crack is whack. Um, post I want to see the receipts. I it's she's very defensive. Wit Wendy when asked her, like, do you regret doing that interview? She's like, No. Yeah. Even though that was like very widely talked about as like a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. And I thought they they made a good point, like you mentioned earlier, is that like people didn't they weren't exposed to that part of Whitney. They thought they didn't you know this was like you know, um what is her Nippy from Patterson. Like yes. this is not Whitney Houston. This is Nippy right. and she's getting into it. Yeah. And, and towards the end though before they get off, Whitney's telling her that she loves her. Yeah. <laughs> and Wendy's saying, yeah. and this is in the doc too, so if you don't go, and you should listen to this on YouTube, but if you watch the doc, it'll be there too, where uh, Wendy's like, thank you for calling, thank you for not hanging up on me, thank you for talking to me, you know, people hang up on me, on me all the time, and she's like, I wouldn't do that to you, baby, I wouldn't do it, and she's, I love you. <laughs> right, but, like at the end like it's like a matriarch versus matriarch and then they have to be like okay we both did this and i gotta respect you for that you know and just like like i know everyone like the best part about that is that whitney gives it to wendy she really fucking gives it to her but Mm -hmm. wendy held her own like a lot of people would disconnect the call or whatever wendy's just like "Uh uh-huh tell me more oh wow you seem defensive so are you doing crack right now? What'd you tell Bobby Christina? Like, she's just going. <laughs> did you tell her her father's in prison or did he went to Boston? What'd you say? <laughs> and Wendy's like, she's, I, I tell her what she can handle for her age. Wendy. Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell her. Like, come on. She's a girl. She's a young woman. And she can handle it. I was like, okay. Like, I wouldn't want to meet that Whitney. And here it is. I know it was on the phone, but Wendy, I just feel like a lot of people would have definitely been like, apolo- Wendy never apologized. No. In the call, she's just like you know. I say what I say. You do the crack. What do you want? <laughs> she is fearless, absolutely fearless. Yeah, but that's why so many people want to go up there and beat her ass. For sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> so then we get into like a dark moment where she talks about you know her sexual assault. Yeah. And she says you know she stayed. But basically, like they did an interview. He invited her to, uh, like, on a date or something. And so they go back to the hotel, and he gets ready, and then he comes out in a towel. And she says, I stayed because I wanted to see how far it would go. But I wish, you know, I made a mistake, right? Yeah. And then they were like, she's, like, really adamant about, I think, at one point the producer asked her, like, why haven't you said who this is and she's like i'll say who it is but then she did she doesn't well she starts with can i say who it is and you can see her looking she's not looking at the camera anymore she's looking at someone behind the camera i don't think it's the production i think it's like pr or something like that someone that some sort not a handler but you know someone that's there to be like don't say that say allegedly or whatever and And they were like, well, the producer says, well, you can say his name and we can bleep it out. Or like, you know, if you feel, if you change your mind later, we could do so. And she's like, no, I want to say his name. And then she doesn't say his name. She doesn't say his name. It like, I think it cuts to commercial at that point. And then it comes back. She's like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to let him breathe because he was a one hit wonder. Like, it's irrelevant. 
the guy's name I had never heard of him. His name is Sherrick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was from a group that I had never heard of. I never heard of his one hit wonder song. I don't know who that gunman is, but he's dead now. I think he died in '99. Well, now where do we find this name? Because I knew the name was out, but I couldn't remember where. Did she uh, go and later say it? She said it in. I guess she was doing press for the documentary, and she okay. said it in an interview. Okay, and I also like. It's hard watching Wendy talk about this rape, right? Because Wendy's of a certain age. And the way she thinks about sexual assault is of that time. So she says, she's like, my dumb ass stayed. And, and just the way she talks about it, like, it's her fault. She was in a situation. I think she's leaving out probably drug use. Did she, did she like, I think she's leaving out drug use. Um, I, I think that, I, I don't know. She doesn't, she talks about like she was an equal participant in the rape. When rape by nature, you're not an equal participant. But I think that's just a factor of her age and like, you know, she's an older black lady. Yeah, I mean, she's compartmentalized it in a very specific way. Yeah, very specific. I guess, and I heard that in the movie, she took like a bunch of AIDS tests because she was convinced she had AIDS. Yeah, she said (laughs) she... They have her, like, so she sets it up, like, a couple of the women that she worked with at the radio state, her first radio station, Mm -hmm. were, like, haters, basically. (laughs) So they left the station together, and she comes back the next day, and one of the women comes up and is like, oh, I heard you left with, I think they call him Ricky Tony in the movie. I heard you left with Ricky Tony, and she's, like, completely blanks her and is like, you know what? here's my, my numbers are doing so much better. Like this is the music that my audience is responding to. And, and, you know, I'm going to be playing more of that. Like she completely ignores it. And then they see her, we see her in the studio and she's looking through a magazine and she flips to a page and it says AIDS. (laughs) So (laughs) this is how. It's such a lifetime movie. (laughs) I heard about this thing that was happening and the going around. And so, yeah, she said she tested for four months and she was fine. Yeah. I mean, that is the scary part of being sexually assaulted is that like, you don't, sometimes you live through the assault and you get their residual things like STIs and, and all kinds of things that can happen afterwards. So, um, yeah, yeah, this, this assault is a, I, I found it interesting. She chose to talk about it because it's such a small part of everything. Mm hmm. Well, in the movie, she says, you know, that was the last time I ever, because he shushes her. Mm. And she was like, that's the last time I ever let somebody shush me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so then she talks about her coke habit, and I thought this was very interesting. Yeah. She, um, she, you know, she says, you know, I, it wasn't like crazy. It wasn't like <laughs> all day, every day, but it was like five days a week. And that her moment was like she was at the radio station doing like an overnight two o'clock to five o'clock shift. She went to go rail some lines in the bathroom and ended up passing out. And she's like, I really could have died. And that was like her wake up call. Yeah. Um, I, so when she says it wasn't crazy, she means she never had like a pile of Peruvian Coke. That's like, she, she's talking Scarface. Right. Uh, but she said she would get high five days a week. And I'm like, I don't know. I've, I thought in Wendy's book, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought in her book she talked about smoking crack in the studio overnight yeah. because no one was there, so she could do it yeah. in the in the studio. Yeah. Um. This I don't think they depicted that in the movie, and I haven't read her book, so I'm not sure. But I mean, if she said in the book, then you know, I'm, I'm willing. To, I I think you know. <laughs> I think between now and we'll get to it later when she talks about being in a sober living facility. I think Wendy talks a lot. Like she, she keeps saying, "I'm not an addict," mm-hmm. and I, addiction is just when you do something that um, has a that has detrimental um, repercussions, and you keep doing it. Like it, that's like negative effects on your life, and you keep doing it. And it could be, you know, with drinking, drugs, whatever. I just don't believe Wendy. Well, I mean, how? Do you, you know, like, how how do you believe that? Because we've seen very clearly that she had issues and she has said, like, I had a coke habit. Yeah. Like, maybe in her mind, because she was able to quit cold turkey, that that, like, she didn't go through, like, all of that, like, you know, like, dark stuff that happens when you, you know, she didn't go to rehab. She didn't have to go to rehab to quit her habit. Okay, so so she thinks... That makes it a habit and not an addiction. Okay. I mean, who am I to fucking tell Wendy Williams if she had an addiction? I just think that she did. It seems like she did. And, I mean, I also know she was doing it for weight reasons, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I, I mean, maybe she was. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe people, maybe she just you know was doing coke for like ten years for no problem. That's fine. But I didn't like how she. First of all, she laughed a lot about it. She was like, "Girl, I used to." <laughs> she, she was she she was like reminiscing. She was really enjoying talking about it, which is fine too. Um, it's actually like a genre of stories where people love to tell their drugs. They're getting high stories, but I. I don't know. She just, it was a very small part of everything. And I was like, I think it was bigger than what you're giving us. Yeah. Cause in the movie, she's like, oh, you know, like her mom says after she pees her pants, her mom's like, oh, we're going to start you on like a tuna and brine and mustard diet. And then she's like, you know, next scene, she's an adult. Oh. Like, oh. you know, I found something that was much better than tuna and mustard. And everybody, you know, Coke was everywhere at the time. Like, it was very like everybody was doing Coke, you know? Yeah, of course. Right. Um, yeah. It's a social it, drug, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like we, but, okay, so when, as we do the doc, we get to see versions of Wendy, right? And I am fascinated with the the old school, around the way girl Wendy, that's the one who slept with Method Man, the, to the bombshell body, always in every picture, looks like she's high on coke. Every picture. Mm-hmm. her her tangled weave thrown back sweat like she just I was like girl you want me to believe that this is just like a little a little something something it looks like I don't know I feel like every picture from a certain age looks like you have coke in your purse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I don't know I, I I'm not gonna Wendy's pretty open with everything I mean she's saying a lot more than I would say to be honest and I'm a pretty open person. So I, I'll I'll defer to Wendy. I just I just I will put an asterisk next to the section where she talks about her drug use. Fair. I think that is completely fair. Um, so then we get to the Kevin part, and she's, you know, like we talked about earlier, they met at the skating rink. She describes him as hustler hot, and she talks about their first date, like you said, like she called him and said, Meet me, you know, I get off work at six. So be there, be square, basically. And he showed up and he had clearly bought clean new clothes because they had that, you know, the store creased in them. And she's like, you know, by the first track of it, like I traffic light, I knew I liked him. And then by the second one, I knew I really liked him. And, you know, by the time we got to the Brooklyn Bridge, I knew this was like it for me. And then this is the moment where she takes a Q-tip out of nowhere and... Puts it in the crease of her eye. <laughs> hey, though. She had tissue right there. Uh, it was, I have never seen, like, I give Candace from Real Housewives of Potomac hell every week for that <laughs> corner. I mean, always right in the in the corner of her eye. And this, the Q-tip really knocked me out my feet. This is, this is one of the moments I really like. Wendy, when she said... He had a good sense of humor. I had a better one. I usually right. do. I was like, this is like, this is charming, Wendy. I, I love that little moment where she smiled right. at the camera. I usually do. <laughs> that was me. That was totally me. Something I would say. Um, yeah. Then it, she talks about how, like, you know, on the first or second date, I told him, you know, I was getting lipo and I was getting breast implants and I was paying for them. Like, never let a man pay you to get your work done because then. Every time you look down at yourself, it's like, you're that asshole to pay for my titties, right? <laughs> and she, you know, she's like, 
basically I put this out on the line for him because if he wasn't going to accept that I was going to do all this stuff, then that was it. Like that was a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I think that's really brave of her in a way. I don't know. I just feel like Wendy like puts all the shit on the table. And if her appointment was early summer and she was about to go get her shit done, she just wanted him to know. And I, I also don't know what he was going to say. Maybe I'm not thinking of the time period. Because what is this, the late 90s? Mid 90s? What is uh, that? I think mid 90s. All right. So I I guess plastic surgery was very different. Now if people will just be like, I won't be at work on Monday. Going to get my Brazilian butt lift. And you're like, okay, see ya. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm not thinking of the times, how people reacted. Um, but I also think Kevin knew when to hold on you know at this point wendy's famous um especially in hip-hop community she is on the radio she's working she you know and i loved around the way girl wendy she's so fucking cute Mm -hmm. and and so like i don't i just don't know what kept what the fuck was kevin supposed to say you know uh okay he didn't she didn't ask him for any money so he probably said, do you need a ride? Like, what else was he going to say? Right. Yeah. 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 So then they interview Kima from Total. <laughs> third of R&B group Total. And yeah. I, the legend that I, had, the rumor that I had always heard was that Kima punched her in the face. Well, do you remember how... Okay, I was about to say I'm, I'm much older than you, but I just don't want you to laugh at me again. But do you remember how when we were younger, <laughs> people would just say shit and we would just believe it? Like, do you remember how people just assumed that Mariah Carey was having sex with every person she did a feature with? Yeah. Like, we would just be like, yeah, she's told she had sex with him too. Him too, him too. And we would just believe this. And, I mean, social media rumors are, you know, crazy now. But back then, like, we would just word to mouth just shit like I don't know, like two two R and B guys were gay, like no problem. We just say that shit, and people were like really, yeah. So I remember, remember when people used to say Aaliyah had a glass eye, cause she always had that bang, oh, that bang over mm-hmm. one of her eyes. Mm-hmm. Like and we would just fucking believe it. So. What I'm saying, though, is that, like, whatever happened between... I mean, Kima tells us what happened. I believe her. Uh, it makes... It sounds believable what happened. But, yeah, I could totally believe this... Go, uh, a hint of what happened uh, being getting out there and, and, like, it just growing. Like, then she curb stomped her. Then she ripped out her uterus and wore it as a hat. Like, I can see. <laughs> but, yeah, the version I heard, the people actually hit each other. Yeah, but neither of them say that that's what happened. So no, that's not. The here's what happened. So in the movie, she's doing coke in the bathroom at a club, and there somebody's like, "Hey, are you Wendy?" And she's like, "Yeah." Like, oh my god, am I about to get caught? She's like, "Oh no, my girl said, you know, she works for Puff, and and he's not paying them shit, and they're broke, and." Blah, blah, So she says it on the radio. She just repeats what this girl in the bathroom told her. So, well, first of all, it was true. Puff doesn't pay people. Right. Puff owes a lot of people money. Okay? 
And second of all, Wendy, what did her station manager say? She would show up to work and just say some shit. And he'd be like, you got to say allegedly. You and she'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You can't say that on the radio. And she would just say whatever. She, Wendy was worse than Bossip or media takeout. She would just say whatever the fuck she wanted. And she didn't check with nobody. She didn't, you know, she just, well, I heard. That's, that's what she do. Right. Lawless. Just repeating things that, like you said, like you heard in the bathroom at the club in the Bronx, right? So they obviously heard about this, and Kim is pretty defensive even now. She's like, "Yo, we weren't broke like that." And it's like, "Well, you were." But anyway, um, right. Kima says that Wendy, like, they showed up, and Wendy tells a story about how, like, everybody at the station was like looking out the window but nobody gave her the heads up so when she got downstairs she was like what the hell's going on <laughs> she can tell she's still pissed like she nobody didn't like you either <laughs> right <laughs> and then she's like you know kevin came out of nowhere like it's not like he was waiting or anything i'm sure he was what he had he to had, do it was like night and shining hour that Kevin just so happened to show up at the exact same time that Total came and that Kima and Keisha and Pam were there and he settled it and like you know Kima said like she got in the car he got her in the car and as they drove off she stuck her middle finger out and it was like <laughs> this oh. all sounds true right this all right. sounds it's exactly how but also like I want to emphasize to people who did not really listen to to Wendy on the radio. If you watched her on her show, she is a bit tamer there. Like oh. she she would get on the radio with a smidge of like, well, somebody told me that uh Total was broke. And then by the time she was done with the segment, she'd be like, they live in the projects, they got roaches. And mm-hmm. then, like she she would just elaborate out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she would call basically every black rapper, well, every rapper gay. Everyone yes. was gay. That now, that that Wendy was, she was constantly calling people gay, constantly calling people lesbians, really homophobic shit on the on the air, really like, and she would talk about things as if they were absolutely fucking true. Like, there's a clip of her saying that one of the girls from Total, she's like, I heard that she was with Missy, and I said that she was just there for the money. She's not committed to that relationship. She's not even saying. So the conceit of what she's saying is not, here's a rumor that she's with Missy. What she's saying is that I know she's with Missy, and the rumor is she's not committed. And so, <laughs> right. She, like she said, she said Diddy was gay. Oh, yeah. She said I mean, a lot of rappers. Was- yeah. That Diddy, I think, was like the biggest one that was an issue for her. And during this time, Diddy is very influential. Diddy's on the radio. He's yeah. This is like '90s Diddy. This is yes. puff, puffy, where you know we weren't really. You knew not to really. You know, this isn't like puffy in the it costume in his mansion and in, in Calabasas, like having mm-hmm. a good time with his kids. Like this is not Disney version of Diddy. You know, absolutely not. <laughs> And this is Diddy just post Biggie where, I mean, he controlled so much. Mm-hmm. He was so important. And here she is weekly, sometimes daily on the radio saying he's gay. And he's very angry with her. Apparently, so I know that in the movie he's kind of presented as this person that 
like a thorn in her side, right? Like if she could go back, she would probably not start saying shit about him because he was always a thorn in her side. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's rumors that's the reason she had to leave Hot 97 um, and go to Philly because of it Diddy. Makes, it makes a lot of sense because she in the movie, they're like, they come in, like the, her bosses come in in the middle of her show and are like, you're out of here. And she said they never gave her any explanation as to why. Yeah. And I feel like today that would not be as possible, right? Because no. of social media, the way things get spread around, I feel like, I don't know, Charlamagne the God still got a show. You know what I mean? I just feel like one person wouldn't be enough to get you... I think now that happened, Diddy being upset with Wendy will be part of the promotion, sort of like Birdman showing up and saying, put some respect on my name. I think it would be like, guess what happened? See the clip on YouTube. Like, I, I, I don't... But, like, Charlemagne doesn't have a tenth of the power that Wendy would have had because radio was such a powerful... Like, there was so much more cachet in radio than there yes. is now. Yes. I, who listens to the radio now? I have no idea. <laughs> When's the last time you purposely listened to a radio? I mean, I, I mean, probably last time I was home, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't, don't, you know, so I don't need a. Every now and then I get in my car and the radio comes on before my Bluetooth connects. Right. And I'm like, and for some reason around here in Austin, they're playing uh the remix to I Just Want to Get Married. I was like, well, how is this on the radio right now? <laughs> These people don't even exist anymore. Why is this on the radio? They're playing shit like that. But I don't listen to the radio either. Like, it's it's nonstop commercials and somebody else's playlist when everybody in the world has a choice of a playlist in their hand. Of what you actually want to listen to. When you got on the radio just at the right time. Damn. Yeah. She ten years ago, yeah. She got yeah. on the radio just at the right time. How the fuck did she know that? Genius. Ugh. So she at this point in the documentary is kind of hinting at or Kevin was like the fixer. Yes. <laughs> How like because she made so many enemies in the music industry, she like her other part, her other business partner would get calls. Kevin would get wind of it. And then all of a sudden things would be fine. He's like, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. She would go from having enemies to everything being okay. I think it also, if you listen to Wendy talk about these beefs, like these people having beef with her, she talks about like, they're being so unreasonable. She talks about it. Like what? I just said he was gay. What's wrong with I just made up a story about him. There's yeah. a... I wish she had addressed that. I know. There's a scene where she's in Philly and some, I don't know who that is, but it's like talking about Eve saying she doesn't want to be on the radio and she wants Wendy off the radio. And Wendy's like, hey, hey, this is the Wendy and so-and-so show, okay? <laughs> We're not going to be disrespected. Right. Like, I, I think that she always felt like, this is probably when when Eve had that fucking sex tape with Stevie J too. This is probably when that shit was out. Um, 
she's from Philly. Yeah, she's from Philly. I bet you, I bet you, Wendy was on the air in Philly talking about Eve and Stevie J and that sex tape. I bet you. Um, anyway, I, I just, so as some, so Wendy thinks of herself as doing, just doing a job and the people that are upset with her are unreasonable. And here is Kevin behind the scene, fixing things for her, handling things. I mean, she doesn't seem, she, she doesn't seem like a fighter. And so Kevin made himself indispensable to her. Mm-hmm. Totally. He's, a, he's totally wrapped up in, in the business and the business of her. Um, and, you know, I think, is this where they start have, trying to have kids? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Wendy had a lot of miscarriages. She had a stillbirth at five months. That she had two of them. Very traumatic. Really sad. Um, in the movie, they talk about how basically she just, there. It they didn't present it as though there was like, like, she, they presented as though she kept trying. Like, as soon as, you know, she said the first miscarriage really wasn't that big of a deal, you know, in, in terms of what she was dealing with. And then, you know, it seemed like the more times she got pregnant, she would get farther and farther along, and then it would get more traumatic. Yeah. And then she has Kevin, and in the movie, she, like, as soon as she finds out she's pregnant, she calls the radio station and it's like, I'm not coming in. I'm going to have to do this show for my bed. Says she sat there in bed and all nine months. She would only give up for five minute cr- increments. She gained 103 pounds because she literally wasn't moving. <laughs> and it was. Could you do that, Kara? Could you even like stay stationary for a fucking year? <laughs> like... I, that's what exactly what, what I've been doing. What do you mean? <laughs> All right, so Kara could do it. I couldn't. I would have to stand up. <laughs> they would be telling me to get in the fucking bed all the time. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> so- <All> right. <laughs> Just do your little walk around the kitchen and go back in. You also, um, in the doc, she talks about those two five month stillbirths are they're miscarriages, but you have to go through the basically you have to go through labor to pass the baby because you can't you can't just leave the fetus in there that's um, died, that's gone now, right? So you have to go through a labor to do that. Um, I've had a friend who had a miscarriage that late in the game and it was like horrific. Um, And it's, it's a really big difference, but she talks about how she was on the air in Philly and she was doing, you know, being on the air is not just being on the air. You have to go do events and shit. Mm -hmm. You're fucking in the mall doing live events and stuff. And then that city watched her get pregnant and she keeps saying a burgeoning belly and having a burgeoning belly and having a having a miscarriage, a late term miscarriage twice. And they just kept and like, so not only is this happening, it's happening in front of an entire city. Yeah. Already don't like you. So they already have enough to, you know, girl, message boards. If they were, Jesus Christ, if Instagram was a was a thing, the the comments under the Instagram posts oh like right i it was just very um it was hard for me to listen to because i'm just like of the mind that anybody that wants to have a baby should be able to go ahead and baby anyone who doesn't shouldn't have to and so to see her trying over and over again and hear her talk about it and she's crying guys she's crying the whole time she's talking about this yeah 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 it's really tough 
so this is like where everything falls apart it's kind of again like a bethany story it's like as soon as she gets the career and the man and the baby she says i'm holding kevin he's little tech kevin he's two months old i get up to have to go to the bathroom or whatever and then you know i'm just gonna go and go into the nursery and you know just like coo at him or whatever just check on him and then i hear other kevin he's not in the bed and i hear him on the phone he clearly was talking to a woman and so i popped up on him and was like what the hell's going on and he's like oh you know i I was with this bank teller basically he was saying you know i i was lonely when you were on bed rest this whole nine months with my (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) basically she's like you know i believed him because we were married and that was like the saddest thing i've ever heard wendy values her marriage to kevin and i said i use present tense because she still does she values that marriage um they basically say like she would have forgiven him for cheating it was the baby that broke him up yeah um i think what a story this would have been if wendy williams had divorced kevin immediately if she'd just been like no uh, you were lonely when i was on bed rest bitch i was lonely why didn't you come in there with me why didn't you get on the other side of the fucking bed no 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 this is over get on out what a story this would be of I mean she's always she she was actually married twice. She was married to some guy uh-huh. for and they separated after five months and then Kevin later. But dude, like uh so yeah, the, Kevin's cheating on her from the start. Okay, guys. And I'm yeah. not saying that it's like but Kevin sleeps with other women sometimes. That's just how it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so she's like, then she said, you know, I forgave him because we were, or I believed that he was going to leave this girl because we were married. And also, like, I had this baby and I didn't know what to do with a baby. Like, I wasn't trying to be a single mother. Yeah, and so, she cradling the air, pretending like it's a baby when she's saying this. Yeah, yeah. So then she's basically like, what am I going to do? We have to get out of Philly and move back to New York. And this was going to be our fresh start. Mm-hmm. So she got the mommy makeover. She got a tummy tug. She got a deal to move back. And I thought this was interesting. It point it, it confirms basically what you said about him not really having power, but her giving him or thinking that he had a lot of power. She's like, I made that deal to go back to New York, but I didn't tell him. She's like, I haven't even told him to this day. He, he still doesn't know. She's like, I just had him on the call with that boss, but like the deal had already been done. I just let him think that this was the deal that he made. Yeah, she met the guy on the turnpike and made the turnpike. <laughs> Which is such, oh my goodness, the turnpike. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she so, broke the deal to go back to, was it Hot 97? I think it was Hot 97. Yeah. Let, let Kevin think that that was his deal. It's like, man, you really gave this man a lot. Well, that's the thing about it, is that she didn't just want to make the deal. She wanted Kevin to think he made the deal. Whereas, I don't know that Bethany would have done that. No. No, she wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have lied. I would have said, yo, I talked to so-and-so, blah, 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 because I want to be back in the number one market. That's what she said. She, like, I, she brought Philly from 14 to number five or something like that, but she's like, no, I want to be in the number one market. And that's hot 97. And so she 
I would have told Kevin that. I would have told him I had a meeting. I would have, if he if he wanted to like work out the contract details, I'd let him do that. But I would never have lied and been like, yo, baby, you got me this deal. But, but you know what? She has to do that because he's a certain type of fucking dude. And, and everything they have is because she brought it into the house. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Everything they have. And he's still on the phone with some bitch. Right. This but- is does it i mean not not i don't want to say like doesn't make sense but clearly this is a man who needed to feel powerful oh yeah he obviously even if he put on a good front as being whatever um there in the back of his mind he had to have known that like she's the boss she's the boss bitch you know if wendy doesn't go to work today we don't eat they're looking for kevin they look for wendy Right, right. But if he were a smart man, which he obviously isn't, he would tell, he would make sure to remind himself that because Wendy is so dependent on him, that yeah, Wendy doesn't go to work, we don't eat, but I'm the one that gets Wendy to work. I'm the one that makes sure Wendy can do what she can do. Wendy needs me there by her side to kind of help her and to speak for her sometimes because she does, she wants to be the nice person, you know? So I get to go out there and yell at people and then. You know, like, like he doesn't, I, there's an audio of him saying he knows how to play his position, but that's not true. He didn't know how to play his position. No. He was completely out of his league. Like, how, I mean, how do you go from, like, running a salon in Flatbush to being the head of, like, a major talk show? Like, some people can do it, but obviously that wasn't Kevin's. He, he he didn't. <laughs> he did that through her. Uh, and I also think these other women, when we'll get to the one that he was with the longest, the one he has a baby with, but these other women, he can be a big shot with them that he can't be with Wendy. So when he gives them a little $1,500 to pay their fucking rent, he's changing their fucking lives. Right. Meanwhile, Wendy's got millions. And, and, and there's nothing he can give Wendy that she didn't give him first. Yeah. Because even his manager fee is a cut of what Wendy made. And when you think about it, she gave that to you. So then anything you buy her, you bought with her money. Right. All roads lead back to Wendy. Right. And if he was smart, what he would do is he'd take his manager's fee and he would like buy some fucking franchises or buy, invest in some shit so that he could at least tell himself this came from the McDonald's franchise money or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are like a long list of like chicks that he said that he was going to like, oh, you're going to be the next so-and-so. I'm going to put you on. Like, yeah. well, you know, I'm sure he like at one point was like, oh, I'm making a label, like a record label, you know, some yeah. shit. Oh, like yes. That. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> or or girls that wanted to be on the radio and he'd be like, you know, I got pool here, here. And he did have a lot of pool. Charlemagne says Kevin has been fucking up his career <laughs> since right. since they fired him. Like he's been trying to get him fired. He's been reaching out to, like Charlie op, not not that Charlemagne got him got him not that he got Charlemagne off the air, but that certain opportunities have been blocked because of Kevin. Like he did have a certain pool. So but I could see him talking to girls that wanted something and he could be like, I could get that for you. Or if he bought them some jewelry that like was a tenth of what Wendy's wearing. That's a come up for them. Yeah, you get you a little Pandora charm bracelet. Yeah, you know. It, I don't mean to skip ahead, but when Wendy goes to the the mistress's house, she goes, "Oh, mm, 
not my house, but it's a nice come up for a 32 year old. And I, that's exactly. She's right. <laughs> she's right. Like if I were 32 and someone's going to buy me a big fucking house in, in Jersey and a nice car and shit, that is a come up. So Kevin was able to provide that for those women and feel like a big shot in a way that he probably never felt like with Wendy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And she talks about how he had this apartment in Fort Lee and that that was like the kick it house for him and his homeboys. And like, she was fine with that because she's like, we lived in a really nice neighborhood. It wasn't going to be from all these dudes from Flatbush smoking weed in my house. Yeah. Like, so he can have that apartment they can do their thing. They can drink their brown liquor and smoke their blunts and their brown she, liquor. Right. She did. <laughs> and that was fine. And it was a version of a man cave, right? It's yeah, version, basically. Like I'm sitting in my husband's gar- the the garage room he made. It'd be that when when I mean we're in a pandy, but when before the pandy, when people come over and they want to play video games and smoke fucking cigarettes and shit, they did that shit in here. I didn't. They didn't come in my house and do it. And that was her version of it. Right. Yep. So she thought it was just for partying, but she was like, you know, every time I would see his boys, like they would never look me in the eye. They'd always look down like they knew they were ashamed of what they knew and they didn't want to tell her. And that she would always tell them, like, look me in the eye. Like, what is going on? And Um, then she Yeah. She talks about it's not. How come your friends don't look Right. She talks about a time where she went over to that condo and that she looked in the bedside table and found a Rolex and she was like, who, like a woman's Rolex. And he was like, oh, that's for you. She's like, no, it's not. And then she snatches sheets and there were panties in the bed. Oh, Lord. And, you know, it was just like a whole thing. She's like, Kevin was so out of control at this point. His ego was so out of control Mm -hmm. that he got kicked out of, he got banned from the radio station. Wasn't allowed (laughs) to go in. problem there, right? He was like always fussing, fighting with people and shit. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, they said, would be like real quick to burn bridges. So if if you got into it with Kevin, then Wendy would stop speaking to you. And some of the people, I almost said testified, but they were doing their interviews where they were saying, like, I don't even think it was, like, a conscious thing where he went over to Wendy and said, don't speak to this person anymore. But it was more like he just he he just made it hard. And Wendy was his wife, and she kind of went along with it. So his ego was out of control. Um, he's, like, literally has his own apartment where he fucks bitches and buys them Rolexes. And they're still together. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, they start kind of hinting like, well, not kind of hinting. They basically like put up uh, articles on the screen about how yeah. Kevin was abusive and blah, blah, blah. But Wendy denies that. She's like, he never put his hands on me. Never once. She's like, Kevin's weird. But he never beat me. <laughs> um. But again, that's an old school. She's a woman of a certain age who thinks that a rape is 50% of her fault and that people aren't really abusing you unless they leave marks on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is a moment where she talks about how 
she has the show at this point and it's a different thing. Like you're out of the urban radio market. You're in a room with a bunch of white people who have been in this industry, who know what they're doing, who are very professional. And she, you know, in a sense, you know, she obviously has to tailor the Wendy brand for tele for daytime television. Right. Who's um, watching you in the daytime? Stop Method Man. Exactly. And so they would have these meetings. And she's like, Kevin would insist on being in these meetings, even though he really had no power, but I just let him think that he had power. So one time we had to have this meeting. It was like before the show. Obviously they have a very strict taping schedule. Yeah, TV's brutal. Pre-show meeting, they, he had to be there. She's like, we waited 20 minutes. And I was like, we can't wait any longer. Like, I have to take this show. He shows up, and he's so mad that this meeting started. He shows up with a Rolex in a box. And she's like, he, he presents us in the middle of the meeting. And she's like, okay, yeah, thank you. But we have work to do. I and have to watch this. Yeah, like, you know, like, thank you. This is very nice, but I have Rolexes at home. Like, this is light work for me, basically. And that he was so angry that he did not, he wasn't validated by her. That he slammed the Rolex box, and those boxes are big. Mm. Slams a Rolex box on the table, and it cracks. And she's, like, screaming, crying, talking about this, and how humiliated she was by him. Yeah, yeah. And it's it was sad. It was sad. The whole show's there watching. Like, to, to put that TV show on has so much fucking staff. Um, and they're all just watching. And they, they, what are they, they're trying to figure out what to say. You also have to start taping at some point. And I've, I believe, that story sounds to me like he, he wasn't late buying a Rolex. He already had a Rolex. Right? Uh, and right. he was late and he thought he was going to come in there and like, disrupt with that and it didn't work you know His and, ego, out of control and then think about how all those people watching like they all know that this man is, doesn't have any real power on the show they do you know yeah I mean he just causes <laughs> a problem like there even the stage manager I guess it was was talking about how he would mm -hmm. have to have um you know they have to do a rehearsal with her moving I guess they're doing like blocking and you know even though she's not like doing dancing with the stars up there, but they need her to move around and like kind of do a small rehearsal. And he, the way he talked about Kevin was like, he was some child that was there. He was like, you know, Kevin would come out and do his posturing and take her off if he didn't like what was happening. Like just his attitude was that not that so much that he was scared of Kevin, but more that, Kevin was a problem to be solved every day. Mm-hmm. Right. It sounds like what... Almost like Whitney and Bobby, right? Absolutely. Where it's like, Bobby doesn't have his career. Whitney's mm -hmm. at the top of her career. Yep. And he's just there acting like Dennis the Menace, following her around, <laughs> acting like what Billy shot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, we have real work to do. And it's embarrassing. And he needs the attention. And he's so desperate and thirsty. Well, yeah. But the thing is, why is he there? Because a manager doesn't come to the set every day. 
Right. He would be doing real work, doing real deals behind the scene. Right. He would be doing what he should have been doing is he should have been working on deals with Wendy, licensing deals type things, things that she can make money while she's not there. Because mm-hmm. that's where real money is. Right. Um, once your shows, you know, just think he should have been working on production deals, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which Wendy does have some. That's what some of these horrible Lifetime movies come out are her fault. So uh, she does have stuff like that. But so he's there all the time. He's what I don't find very what I don't give Wendy a cookie for is that she recognized he was disruptive, that he scared some of the staff, you know, assistants and whatnot. They were really scared of him because he was large, intimidating. He would yell. Um, he would be physically move Wendy around. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not punch her in the face, but like, you know, kind of grab her and be like, no, nah, come on. Like, I mean, he was essentially Suge Knight. So except he didn't shoot anybody there. So like, I don't find I don't find it comforting that Wendy realizes that. I think she realized that then, and you didn't put a stop to it. And there are people that work for you that are trying to navigate Kevin and trying to keep their jobs. And I'm I'm sure people got fired over Kevin shit that you didn't save their jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of shit in the wake of this that people that got treated unfairly. That I mean, just like the stuff that's coming out of the Ellen Show. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are stories like that about Wendy's show that center around Kevin doing something crazy and people losing their jobs or having to, to take leaves of absence because they were so fucking stressed out by Kevin. And now you're willing to tell us, like, Kevin was so crazy. I just don't know what was going on. No, I wasn't abused. But, yes, he was there every day acting crazy, and I didn't do anything about it. That I don't, I don't find that endearing. I, I don't either. I don't either. Um... Yeah, I think you're completely right. And I bet he, like, you know, there's probably, yeah. I'm sure he was very homophobic. Sure. You know? probably, yeah. yeah. I bet he flirted with women. I bet he made women staffers feel uncomfortable. I bet he slept with some women there, um, who some of whom might not have wanted to. I'm not saying they were raped, but I am saying that, like, when someone welds, like, all this fucking power and... They're willing to do all kinds of shit. I'm sure people did stuff with him that they weren't, they didn't, they wouldn't have done normally. Right. Right. So here's where we start the how Wendy got her groove back section. (laughs) So she is under the impression that Kevin is in LA. Yeah. So she hires a private investigator. Turns out he's in Miami with Sharina, the baby mama. Yes. Long-term lady right he meets so, through Charlemagne right yes she said Charlemagne introduced them not to get them together just because it, you know just what happened right so he's been sleeping on her since he was on the fucking radio mm-hmm. with- <laughs> at this point she calls Kevin a stupid gorilla <laughs> <laughs> and then she like basically like compliments the Daily Mail she's like they did such thorough investigations about Kevin and his whereabouts and, and her and Sharina and, and all this stuff. Like she's like, they, they were great. She's like, they did an excellent job reporting about them. And then she talks about finding out that he got a house with that backwoods bitch. <laughs> the and thing that- about Sharina is Sharina is not dazzling, beautiful. She's not 
No, she's I mean, regular degular. Regular degular. She is not side piece material. When I think of somebody who's like a professional side piece, I think of somebody like Evelyn Lozada, you know? Right. Just impossibly beautiful and just like also knows the streets and it's just like, I, you know, I get what I get, you know, I do what I do. But Sharina really looks like some North Carolina backwards bitch, like, like backwards bitch. And so, but remember, she doesn't have to be spectacularly beautiful. She just has to look up to Kevin in a way that Wendy just can't. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm i very curious about her and like every everything. Everything about Sharina. <laughs> I really- I don't you find it interesting we've never heard from Sharina? At very. Not even, I don't even know if we've heard, like, sources say, you know. No. We never got an IG press release? No. Never. Never, never, never. I mean, if you're gonna be the mistress, I guess she's kind of the ideal mistress. But also, like, they were very brazen when it got to the end. Like, They've been together the- 10 years. Right. <laughs> of, you know, just finding out that, like, they had a house. Boom. Nine minutes. Nine miles away from yeah, her, their house. Crazy. And how she and, just didn't know. And Sharina had to know, right? Because here's the thing. He's on the Wendy show every day. Okay? <laughs> In the audience. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. I'm sure and, very open. Right. Very open about it. But, like, Wendy says she doesn't blame... The tabloid, she doesn't blame Sharina, even though she calls her every fucking name in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I don't want to be somebody's fucking mistress for 10 years. That's not that's not my ministry right there. But at the same time, motherfuckers buying you houses and cars. And sometimes you don't see him for two weeks because he had his wife's house. So you got the house to yourself. That sounds like good living. Yeah, I mean, they obviously met when she was in her 20s. Like, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> and Charlamagne says that's why that's why he got fired um, from the show, is that Kevin thought he was hooking Sharina up with, some, uh, with his friend. And Kevin got mad. Yeah. Because everyone knew, not everyone, but most people knew that Sharina was Kevin's side piece. And he was upset and... That and when Kevin got upset, that was it. Yeah, and he was done. And I'm like, damn. So not only is he, I, I think it hurts more when someone cheats on you long term with someone. But not only is he like cheating on with that girl, he's trying to protect his relationship with that girl. <laughs> it, it, crazy, right? Yeah, he probably gave her like a promise ring. Like I'm a promise. I'm gonna leave my wife. The the pictures they have for them. Leaving like restaurants. Sharina, girl, Sharina was like any black chick I pass in a Target. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, I think she was like a fitness girl, but like she looked like, like you would not take a second look at her. Not at all. I bet she was around Wendy a lot and Wendy didn't know because why would you? Yeah. <laughs> she might have been in the audience some days. She, yeah, she really could be anybody. Anyone. Shit. Yeah. Um, so then we talk about that very famous Halloween Halloween episode <laughs> in which Oh wait, Wendy, you didn't tell when she finds oh, out about the house, she goes to the house. Oh, she goes to the house, yes. 
<laughs> and she yeah. writes, Wendy and Kev forever. Wendy and Kevin forever in pink spray paint takes Gorilla Glue. Shout out to Gorilla Glue for having a big <laughs> moment this week. Takes some Gorilla Glue that she had, mails the mailbox shut. I don't know what she thought she was doing. Like, Just pranking. Right. <laughs> just pranking. Right. And I think she wrote something on the mailbox, but I can't remember. Oh, she just sprayed the mailbox pink with her. First of okay. all, who's in the car, Wendy? Wendy gives me the impression that she's alone a lot, but she, she's very rich. But then I remember she's hood rich. Yeah, well, in the movie, it seems like it's that guy that was with them, like the DJ. Oh, it can't be him. By then, they're not allowed to speak to each other. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's somebody that, like, works with both Wendy and Kevin. Okay. And at one point, they're talking, and she's like, just tell me the truth, mm-hmm. right? Somebody who knows. He gets so guilty that he tells her, so he drives her to the house. Oh, because I'm like... The way she talks about in the documentary, she talks about it like she just drove with her by herself, peeping in all the windows. She said she went around. Wendy, Wendy is giving more than I would have given. It's almost embarrassing to think of Wendy Williams, queen of all media, okay? Very famous woman right. in your household every day, peeping in some windows of a house that she bought, her husband bought with her money. Right. It feels very, I don't know. I don't know. I I think that I would have been very much like, I'm not going to drive over there. But what I am going to do is call my money manager and make sure these mortgages don't get fucking paid. That's what I'm about to do. <laughs> right. And like she said, the cops are called in the movie. Well, Ke- in the movie, Kevin finds out. Well, he realizes that it's her. He's like, they call the cops to the house. Like, I'm thinking, imagine being like her one of her white neighbors. Oh, my God. And, and seeing like this gigantic black woman with huge titties oh and like God. big sunglasses and a scarf and on big her. ass wig right spray painting like. and you know she got on bedroom shoes because she's hood rich wendy's a hood girl she got on fucking slippers because she take them heels off right away slippers and something sparkly yes girl and she's got a she's got the the brand new porsche bitches out there spray right. painting shit <laughs> So, Some black yeah. man looking very guilty in the car, like, oh my God, I can't believe I drove over here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, that was that was wild. Um so then she yeah, we, we get to the fainting moment and they really didn't yeah. address it like as to what she thought was happening or like what actually was going on in her body. But then this is when Jerry O'Connell pops up. <laughs> Which when I first saw him. I was like, Jerry, what are you doing here? Every time something fucking happens, here you come. We don't want you, Jerry. We don't want you talking about housewives. We just want you gone. I just had an interaction with Jerry O'Connell on Twitter. What? (laughs) Because he was on Watch What Happens Live like a few days ago. And I posted a gif of um, Taylor from Beverly Hills saying, enough. I no more Jerry O'Connell on Watch What Happens Live, and he liked the tweet. <laughs> and I do respect him for liking it, but uh, please stop. I can't. At least he didn't come on your mentions. I hate when, I mean, you probably edited him because you're a bold bitch, but 
I, I type the name out and I hashtag watch what happens live. I don't care. Well, what's Jerry O'Connell going to do to me? Princess? That means, though, <laughs> that he was like looking at the hashtags for that day, which I'm not, I don't know, maybe it's in his contract that he has to act socially. But I appreciate that he liked it and then left it the fuck alone. I agree. I said what I said, but I respect it. But can you, so there that happens. And next thing you know, here he's on our fucking screen talking about Wendy Williams. <laughs> I'm like, Jerry, this is a place you do not belong. Right. He was there that day. Yeah, he was there that day. And he he's filled in for her on the show before. Yeah. Like, when she was in her rehab, he yeah. was, like, one of the guest hosts. So well, he is a white man that talks about women's topics that is, like, he is, um, what is it? I was, I was going to, it's the opposite of menacing. What is it? He seems safe, you know? Yeah. He's approachable and he's got, and he doesn't mind getting in drag because that's all he fucking does. Every time I see him, he's in a fucking dress. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's objectively attractive. Like, sure. apparently in Hollywood, the only two straight guys who can talk about pop culture are him and Michael Rappaport. Oh, obviously, Michael Rappaport. <laughs> obviously, Jerry O'Connell's a lot more telegenic than Michael Rappaport. So. What did they say? That he looks like he lives and he dies every night? <laughs> Somebody said he looks like he wakes up and dies every morning. It's so funny. I can't. You guys, don't support Michael Rappaport. Don't. What he did, he was on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's uh, live where she was talking about hiding in the Capitol. And yeah. He's all up in the comments, like, I don't believe this. Explain that. Like, he totally trying to discredit her. Trauma. Like, we didn't watch people bust into the fucking Capitol say, where is AOC? <laughs> what are you talking about? This, if we can't even believe somebody, we saw it on camera. They took selfies. They did the things. We don't even believe her. Not we. I mean him. Mike, Michael Rappaport has a sick fixation on women of color and black women. Yeah. And being horrible to them and he is not to be trusted there's nothing redeemable about him and he's ugly on top of it so please stop he got into our world by being a white man that will be in black movies in the 90s okay he was yeah. in zebrahead which was about a a white a, a white dude that was dating a black girl and he he used to be in those movies and so he got he, so we we're like oh we invited him to the fucking cookout and he never left he just stays there insulting all the women there that's he's the one he he has a black wife and so he thinks that he can talk to black women all kinds of crazy because he has sex with one it is yeah so fucking he, he knows everything about a weave because he's fucked some people with weaves right like he's sick so he's sir, a, you have age spots on your face stop it right. stop coming stop it Ugh, i oh please okay we gotta stop so <laughs> Connell was talking about you know, I was there on that fateful day, it was Halloween, and I was looking at the screen and I was ready to go out. And then it, you could tell in her face that something was wrong, but she didn't okay. stop it. And even Wendy says, like, I knew something was going on and I couldn't, I didn't cut. And I could have said cut, but I didn't. He's like, and then Jerry's like, and then she just dropped out of frame. And Wendy's talking about how Kevin was backstage and he came like fucking Kevin Costner and the bodyguard (laughs) and and took her backstage and she decided to just go back. And Jerry's like, and she just went 
and sat down for a little while and got her makeup touched up and she was right back on stage like this was like the all-star shining moment but there was no explanation as to what happened what was going on well she does talk about at this point she starts drinking yes like when 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 she finds out about she's drinking all she says wine but she's drinking all day and night she says this was my question to you. When she was on the couch and she was drinking out of a wine glass, did you think that she was drinking alcohol? Or was it tea? Why would it be tea in a wine glass? I don't, I mean, it's Wendy Williams. Why wouldn't it be? She probably only drinks out of wine glasses. Like fabulous. So I don't know what to think about. <laughs> but but I, I, I assumed it was wine. I did too. And if she didn't want us to think it was wine, she would have said it was tea. Mm-hmm. She was like, don't, I'm just trying to be, you know, I drink everything out of a wine glass, darling. She would have said something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, so she, you're right. They don't tell us anything. She does, this is a moment for her because again, here comes Kevin saving her again. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wants from him. Um, yeah. To make her feel protected. And like, this was like a quintessential part of their relationship where she can't do it, and he comes in and saves the day. Yeah, but you know they don't tell us what it was. Now, wait, they they give us the same explanation they gave that day was that she was in her costume and she got overheated. But overheated. they show us the footage, and that footage was scary as fuck. The way when she realizes what's happening, she starts kind of clawing at that green wig she has on, mm-hmm. and then she's down like it was. I've I've worked somewhere where a woman next to me had a stroke. It was really scary because everything was fine. And then I'm talking to her and she's got her eyes are talking to me. Like she her eyes are moving around and she's looking at me, but she can't move. Mm-hmm. And like I'm having the conversation with her. And it was like, and then I was like, oh, something's wrong with her. And I've also in another workplace, why does it keep I'm dangerous? Things keep happening around me. At another workplace, somebody had a low blood sugar issue. Same, almost the same thing happened that he kept coming to my desk. He could move, but he kept coming to my desk and staring really hard at me and saying, wow, like just shit that was like non sequiturs. Like, right. And he always was a little weird guy. So I was kind of annoyed with him. I was kind of like, get away from my desk. But it turned out he was having like a diabetes crisis. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary to be in a space where somebody where you can tell that something is happening inside and they cannot speak to you um, about it. And trapped inside their own bodies. That's it's my biggest fear. Yes, that's exactly. Kendall Jenner has that. Remember, <laughs> she's trapped inside her body. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> so. And I think you said that was called modeling. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you were very dismissive of her of her <laughs> problems, oh, but. Um, so I think that she's going to go with the overheated thing, but I personally think, um, it could be a lot of things. Um, Whitney doesn't talk about this, but you believe Whitney has a cocktail of prescription drugs, right? I mean, she has Graves disease. I don't know what medication people use for that, but I, it, it has to be something. You know, Wendy can go to the doctor and get a prescription for whatever she wants, right? Oh yeah. No problem. I just think that. Um, Wendy had been drinking a lot. Wendy probably wasn't sleeping. She probably wasn't eating. So she's already on a 
her her base is already fucked up, right? Because she's not taking care of herself. She's distraught over this Kevin bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got Graves' disease. And maybe she had some interactions that day. And also maybe it was fucking hot in the fucking costume, too. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, she did sit, you know, she was like talking about how the rumors were so rampant about Kevin and his girlfriend. And then remember that clip where they showed she puts her hand up, her ring finger up and is like, you know, I know you guys have been hearing stuff, but like, here's, I still have my ring on. So don't believe what you see, you know? I thought that's interesting. I remember that happened. And I remember thinking, she's not saying that Kevin didn't cheat on her. She's saying she's still married. Which is two separate things. And I don't think she lied in that moment. She was, because she had decided she was going to stay married. So she just wanted, she was saying, um, whatever you heard, and then she holds up the ring. Like, I'm still married. And I think that was more for, uh, what's the girl, Sharina? Mm -hmm. I think that was a thing for Sharina to see. I don't think it was really about us watching. Right. Yeah, I agree. It was a fuck you to Sharina. Like, yeah, I know he's over there all the time and he's all up in your box and whatever else the fuck he's doing over there. And I'm sure he's bought you a Rolex. He buys lots of them. But I'm the one with this gigantic ring. And if I call him, he better come. So, (laughs) I I mean, but she, you know, that's how some people act. Like, I personally would be embarrassed to say something like that. Um, It's why I always say if I was on The Real Housewives, I, I would like to be single on there. Because I don't want my house, my husband on The Real Housewives embarrassing the fuck out of me. I don't want, I don't care what kind of man you have. Like, fortunately, my husband doesn't know how to work Instagram. But I'm sure whoever it is, they're, they always have people in their DMs. You know, I bet you there are people that went after Kevin just because he was married to Wendy Williams. 100%. Like, people, Kevin didn't have to look for pussy. It was there. No. And so, I, and men are dumb. I, I don't, I'm try, not trying to hurt people's feelings, but they are, they're dumb. It it feels like it takes them a long time to figure shit out. And so they, they'll end up doing some shit that'll embarrass the fuck out of you. And I'd be too embarrassed to go on TV and say, I'm st- oh, I'm going to stay married to him. I go on TV and I probably, I don't know, I probably make a joke and say, whatever you heard about me, believe it. <laughs> because whenever I came and told you some shit, I, I wanted you to believe it. So just believe whatever, whatever they said, just go on and believe it. I probably would like dismiss it that way as opposed to being like, don't worry, I'm still married. I still got the man. Cause I mean, who the fuck wants Kevin? Kevin with that bald head, he, he barely had any eyebrows. He like Caillou. He <laughs> like black Caillou. <laughs> oh my God. So here, Andy Cohen makes a appearance as well. Right. And I've always thought that their relationship was so interesting because every time she's on Watch What Happens Live, it seems to me like Andy's annoyed by her or like he doesn't like her. Probably because she runs the show. Probably. I mean, it's not like the fascination he gets with like Nene where he's like, you know, you know, when he's at an Atlanta reunion, you know, he's having a time of his life. Right. Yeah. He's like amused by her. It seems very strange. So it was interesting to see him on the documentary, but he did say kind of like, you know, she's been spending her whole career talking about other people. So she needed to talk about what was happening with Kevin. I guess. Or so 
so let's say Wendy showed up after this chick came out and goes and sitting there and she's like, so I know you guys heard the rumors and just and doesn't say specifically the rumors are true, but just says being attracted to men is ghetto. And just and that was the end of it. And <laughs> wouldn't you have been like, OK, she's acknowledging, but she's also not giving me all the stuff. And I mean, there's a certain amount she's keeping to herself, but she's acknowledging what happened. It's funny, blah, blah, blah. And moving on. Like, wouldn't that have been enough? Or would you have wanted her to come out there and be like, girl, I just went to this bitch's house. I spray paint. Like, what, what did you want from her? Um, I mean, she kind of painted herself into a corner where it's like, yeah, I mean, if she hadn't said anything, it would have been really unfair. Yeah. Um, and dishonest. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, if this was me, what would I do? You break up with Kevin. I I would. Because you're not going to play me like that. Mm-hmm. I get a U-Haul. I hire two men in a truck or whatever. And they just get his shit and take it on over to Shereen's house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Y'all only have a nine-mile trip. Get- yep. That's little local. Kev, you want to see your daddy? Nine miles that way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you address something like that. How would you do it? You would just I, say like, "Oh, it's just shitty." Like, fuck them. I would just say, I would just say what it was, because listen, I know Funky Dineva is very problematic, but he says over and over again, "Don't let somebody else spray you with your own tea." So if it's your tea, right? you give out you you pour that shit. You give yeah. out the dope. You you give out the uh. That you pour it, you give it out to people, you share it, and you get to control the narrative. So if I show up on the show the next day and say, "You got y'all read the papers," well, Kevin has been busy. (laughs) Right, but it's like you do that because she clearly wasn't trying to leave him. Right, because once you say the problem, you got to do something. But I would have left Kevin. Like it would have been no problem for me to come up there and be like, "Girl, I was reading the Daily Mail, and this says Kevin's cheating on me." So you know, Kevin don't live here no more, right? Kevin, y'all see Kevin? No, because Kevin can't. Kevin's not allowed in here anymore. That's how I would address it. But because she wants to stay with him, I don't know how she can do that. I mean, I I think maybe in that now that I'm thinking about it, she did it perfectly. Yeah, I think that's all she had. I mean, also Wendy is as ratchet and ghetto as she is. She is she is very concerned with respectability pro, po, uh, politics, and mm-hmm. that her parents are still together Well, her mother's passed, but her parents were still together. Um, the way she talks about her family, we speak well, we dress well, we're fine. Like, you know, she doesn't want to be seen as getting a divorce. Whereas I, I want to normalize divorce. I probably wouldn't have married Kevin. I don't believe rich women should marry anybody. <laughs> I think if you're rich, you should, you could just be friends, live together, whatever, but don't marry nobody. But that's huh? just me. I, I just think, I appreciate when people are really authentic with their stuff. I'm trying to think of like celebrities I find that are just very they're good at sharing things and being like, this is the truth of the matter, whether you like it or not, whether you think I'm doing the right thing or not, this is the truth. I almost said Chrissy Teigen, but I don't want to say that. Um, I don't want anybody to come after me. Right. Don't but, invoke her name. I know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I... I uh, you know who I think is pretty authentic? Ugh, this is so... Pink. I think Pink is very authentic about her relationship mm-hmm. and that the way she talks about it. So, like, I think if her husband were cheating on her, she'd just be like, well, you know how men are. On to the next. And like, I think that she would be 
open with things. Um, I can't think of anybody right now. That's but I but Wendy is the one that you wanted from. So you're right. I think that's what she had to do. Right. <sighs> yeah. So then she tells a story that I thought was very interesting about how Sharina showed up to her house and she's looking from the upstairs window down at her in the driveway, rolling up in a Porsche. She's taking pictures of the house. What do you think that was about? Well, I don't know. It's not like, when do you think she's been in your house? She's probably been in your house a lot, babe. Probably. She's probably fucked in your bed, Wendy. You better get a new bed. Like, I, I don't know what that was about. Um, she said the woman didn't get out of the car, even though the visuals were of Sharina getting out of a car. But that was from paparazzi shots. Yeah. She, she said the woman didn't get out of the car, but she could see that she had a burgeoning belly. She's like, how? Yeah. How? I don't know. I, I don't know. And that could have been fucking paparazzi. I don't know if that was Sharina. It's wild. This was, yeah, this was a point where she was like, you know, I knew Kevin didn't wear condoms all the time, but thank God, you know, I have nothing, but he has a baby. Damn. <laughs> the way she said, he got a baby. <laughs> like, you a dummy. <laughs> uh, so then this is the time she talks about like their big fight. This yes. night, she's sitting down in the house. <laughs> Little Kevin's in Florida at this point. She's like, you know, I one bottle of wine turned into two bottles, and I'm sitting there waiting. I think she said she waited for him for like six hours to come home or something. Dang. She's like, I went from ham, and then I went hammer. And then I went <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know, he wasn't there, so I could roll my neck as much as I want to. I could be as loud as I wanted to. Like, this is like the time she put those size 11 foot down, right? <laughs> and... She says, you know, she was screaming like a raging lunatic. And that's when Kevin was like, oh, we have a problem. And we're putting you in rehab. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That was wild. So she ends up going to rehab in Florida. And in the movie, she's like walking around this like very posh rehab in uh, a pink sequin two like two piece pantsuit, <laughs> but with gigantic sunglasses on. Like she's trying to be incognito. Yeah. But how do you do that when you're in pink sequins and you're five foot ten? Like you're a very obviously Wendy Williams. Yes. Um, 
and they wouldn't let her have access to her phone. And in the movie, the reason that they gave was like, because they were like, oh, you know, media is a trigger for you. Mm. I wonder how she got there. Because off, I guess. Here's the thing, though. Like, she's obviously very drunk when she's having this confrontation and screeching and, you know, moving her neck, like she said, as much as she wanted. And so I want to know what Kevin said, because she's not there against her will, right? Because that's a different it, thing. We have to it sign you. Like it is. Well, it sounds like, no, the thing is, is that, so if you go into a treatment center or a treatment facility, I don't know what kind of center she was in, okay? But you can sign yourself in for some places, depending on what it is that you're there for, but you can't always sign yourself back out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Kevin could have made her go in there if she didn't want to go in there. But once you're in there, you're committed to a certain amount of time. Um, that's for some of these facilities. It's not every place. I just want to well, know how we get from you screaming bloody murder drunk to you actually signing yourself into the place. Because so in the movie... It seemed like it was a decision made by the show as well. Like sh- her okay. show was going to be gone if she didn't go. Okay. So that makes sense. And because Kevin is already a part of the show production, he's the manager, he's always there, he's got an office, blah, blah, blah. He can talk to people and, and people are used to him talking for Wendy. So when he shows up and goes, Wendy's got a drinking problem. And the show's like, no, 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 no. You've already been erratic, you fainting and bullshit, all this other shit. <laughs> It's time for you. You got to do something about it or we're going to cut the show. Now I see how she gets there. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. as drunk as I could have been, I mean, I'm not much of a drinker. I have three beers and I feel like I went out with the fucking bad girls club or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, I don't think that I would have gone with Kevin that night. I just wouldn't have because I would have been too mad at Kevin. Mm-hmm. But I get what you. Okay. This makes, this makes a lot more sense. So she's there. She says they're shaking out her wig and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shaking her wig. Pulling up, pushing up the uh, mattress to see if there's anything under there. Like, she, she's like, you know, I. She called her hand handlers horrible, and in the movie, like, she goes from, she ends up getting access to a phone. She ends okay. up like bribing somebody into getting her phone. She calls Kevin and was like, "Get me the fuck out of here." So they put her up in Long Island City, at like okay. a halfway house or you know what do you call it sober living house yes so then at this point she flat out says like i am not an addict and it she almost like in the movie especially it kind of hints towards like a almost like a britney like conservatorship where she's like they're the handlers are driving her from long island city to the studio and back she's not allowed to do anything they're always on her 27 because Kevin's no- hired her. Kevin, Kevin's hired. He's he's a driving force behind her business. So he can be like, you know, negotiating this with people higher up than her. And like Brittany, they would, I mean, back when in 2007, so they would be like, well, you're never going to be able to sing again. You're never going to be dance again, blah, blah, blah. Because unless you do what we say, I can see people saying to Whitney, Whitney, Wendy, um, this, everything you have, which right now is just the show. Her son's in college. Kevin, mm-hmm. that Kevin shit ain't gonna be going on. So everything you have will be gone if you don't listen right now. If you don't do this, mm-hmm. so I think that yeah, I, okay, I, I see it. 
in the movie, there's a point where they're like they had just gotten off the bridge, um, and she wants to go to a meeting with the show, okay. and she's sitting in the back, and she's got two people in the front, her handlers, and they're like, "Oh no!" Like, like she had this like secret meeting set up, like to cut Kevin out. Right. And so she's like, oh, you know, like faking the funk, like, oh, I, I have to go to this meeting, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, don't worry about it. Like, you can do that later. And, you know, we'll worry, like, don't go. And so she gets out of the car and just runs. <laughs> and they oh can't God. follow her because she's in traffic. Oh um, and so she runs and, like, you know, they figure out the divorce and blah, blah, blah. The end of the movie is so cheesy, like, so lifetime. It's where she tells them, like, I officially divorced Kevin. He's not working here anymore. And then they're in the boardroom <laughs> and they all break out and dance. <laughs> they like, probably oh, did, show. though. Although, I wouldn't dance right away because I, I know how you bitches get back together. So, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, you can fucking tell them I was dancing? No. <laughs> I'm scared of Kevin. Um, so then she talks about how, like, you know, like how much of a prisoner she was to that, that sober living house in Long Island city and how, you know, she's like, my parents had, my dad had a stroke one week. My mom had a stroke the next week. And she, you know, she gets emotional and she's like, you know, she, she refers to her sober living as assisted living. (laughs) Yeah. She keeps saying assisted living. I was like, wait, did she have a medical issue that got her there? I right and then she says oh well thank god they're not strokealicious now like imagine referring to your parents as strokealicious i know but she's (laughs) she just talks in a very specific way you know i'd be like thank god they're healthy now she's like strokealicious like she just makes up fucking words and you know that strokealicious reminded me of the show jerseylicious remember that (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and then they did a Chicago licious. I, I apparently they were planning all these cities and putting a licious after them. <laughs> right, yeah, that's right. what it reminded me of. Exactly. Um. So that was really the end. I mean, it's just basically like, oh, we're off for a brand new day, <sighs> princess. Like, they really act like okay. Wendy's in her second act now. Everything is great. The show's a booming success and everything is fine with Wendy. Why two months ago were the streets talking? Did you see this? Yeah, that she didn't go. What? Well, go ahead. You tell me. Where she was recording the show, she was doing her hot topics and she was loop-de-loop. Like, it was like, remember that? You think she just stopped drinking? No, I don't believe that. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think think she's still drinking. She's she's still upset by this, which listen, yeah. she was with that dude a long fucking time, and here we are. I mean, here I am judging her for still being upset and being raw, but but a year out of something like that, I think I still be mad too. She was talking about that baby. Oh, so, she said the baby's name is Journey, and they asked her, well, "Did she meet the baby?" She said, "No, but that baby want to maybe want to meet me since she maybe she want to know who paying for all this, right. like." She's mad. Oh, so, she's- like, I think she's still drinking. I wouldn't be surprised if she had some uh, prescription pill interactions there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was deeply concerning. Like, it was almost shades of, like, you remember that video from back in the day where Anna Nicole's getting her face painted by that yes. little girl? And yes. she's, like, zooted. It was like, almost like that. Like, there are parts in, during the Hot Topics where she, like, they're guiding her to conversations, like, uh, come back to Earth, Wendy. There's parts where she just is, like, laughing uh-huh. in the middle of a sentence. And she... No concentration. It's really very concerning. And she, it, this was like a Friday show. Oh, so that was the second show on Thursday because the Friday shows yeah. aren't live. Right. So she had to come back and address it like on Monday or Tuesday. And she was like, oh, you know, some things happen. But, you know, it it was like that wasn't a things happen. Like I just had a brain fart. This was truly very yeah. concerning. But it it still doesn't surprise me. I think... I honestly think Whitney's going to have Whitney. Wendy's going to have a third act um, off yeah. camera. I mean, off television where we can see her in um, podcast. I think she's going to be on Sirius um, mm-hmm. or on a, a podcast where she can like sell sponsorships and stuff. Um, it's, it's surprising to me that she hasn't done like a radio Andy type deal. Yeah. Where she like, why doesn't she have a protege? Yeah. That's she and we won't see her as much. We'll just hear her. And it's going to be harder to like be like, something's wrong with Wendy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think she's like a broken woman right now. Yeah. I, okay. I really do. I, so one thing I want to talk about is how Big Kev's face is all in the documentary. Yeah. How they, is, Does he have some sort of release with the production company to a certain amount of time? Because how did they get him to sign a release if he wouldn't come? I mean, some of those pictures are, like, clearly paparazzi pictures, so you just have to buy the rights to those. Yeah, but a lot of those pictures are home pictures, because they're with Little Kev, and Little Kev blurred out the entire time. The entire time. Now, that makes me think this. I know a lot of people were giving Wendy a lot of praise, because in the movie, Little Kev is not mentioned at all. They don't talk about how Little Kev tried to beat up Big Kev in the parking lot. And his K2. Remember that time he smoked K2 and she had to address it on the show? He's addicted to K2. Did, did he smoke it one time or was he smoking it all the time? I, I don't know. She I said he was addicted. She's not an addict, but he is. So that's according to her. So, but she does not talk about Little Kev in the movie at all. And I, like, people were giving her a lot of props about that. Like, she, it's not really about him. But here's what I think. There are too many pictures of Little Kev in the documentary. Just lots of pictures where it's just Wendy and Little Kev. So it's right. not like whole section about like i love my boy and there's yeah. like a whole collage a whole series of photos where a tandem bike. <laughs> don't get me girl if you ever see a picture of me and my mom on a tandem bike that was released without my permission <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was interesting that like i could i could understand if the adult pictures were blurred out or like but the even like the infant pictures yeah. and, like uh, that's interesting. They had solo pictures of him that were blurred out. So here's what my understanding, what I think happened. This is what I'm guessing. I love to make up stories. I'm a writer. So what I think happened is they put this together, but they never got Kev, little Kev's signature on it. Mm-hmm. And that could be because he didn't want to, or because Wendy, as we get closer to the end, Wendy was like, I don't want to ask him. I don't want, you know what? I talked to him about it. He doesn't want to be a part of this. He wants to move on. I don't, I don't want to pressure him. That's what I think happened. And so by then it all been put together and they're like, fuck it. We just have to blur him out because we're not going to do a whole fucking editing on this. Yeah. 
That's what I assume happened. But yeah, Big Kev, a late stage decision. Yeah, Big Kev's personal pictures are unblurred. Is it because he's a public figure? Like, what is it? Yeah, no, I'm not sure what the legality around that is. But I mean, it. I, I have to imagine if the. I guess if there's, I don't know. There's got to be some like unspoken rule of consent. Yeah, I think. Since he was on the show, people know who he is. You can just use the pictures if you own the pictures where she either bought the paparazzi pictures and then the other pictures were hers anyway. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I, I like, I think the story I made up makes a lot of sense because I think Wendy really loves her son. She cares about him a lot. She kind of like, it's, it's very important, the relationship she has with him. And she probably is thinking about how fragile she is. So I can totally see her in a production meeting being like, Listen, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, yeah, I could call and be like, please, please, please. But I don't want to do that to him. If he doesn't, if he doesn't just show up and say, yeah, I want to be in it, I'm not going to mess with him. He's in Florida. (laughs) So did you see Wendy talking about how she wants to be on the reboot of Real Housewives of Miami? No. She was on, it might have been on Watch What Happened. Oh, I didn't know she was talking about Miami, but I did hear her talk about being on a housewife show. Yes. Right. And Andy had to be like, guys, there is no, I mean, we're talking about, they're talking stuff behind, but Andy had to be like, there's no real housewives of Miami reboot coming. Don't like, don't set your schedules to it. But she, she had some terrible ideas. She said that the first thing she would do is be friends with Larsa Pippen. Oh, sweetie. We don't want Larsa back. We don't want Larsa. (laughs) Unless Larsa is going to tell us backstage Kardashian shit, you know what I mean? Like, that she was in the room for. Unless Larsa taped some of those conversations she was was supposedly having with Kanye in the middle of the night, I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just boring. 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 Unless she's going to be like, just so you know, um, Kim was having such a hard time having Shy because um, Kanye did not want Shy, and that's why Kim named the baby Chicago because <laughs> she thought he would love it as much as he loved Chicago. Like unless she says some shit like that, I I don't want her on there. But yeah, also Wendy, like Wendy's too big of a star to be on a show like that because she's gonna fucking show up when she wants to. You're not gonna be able to get her to film with people, like. There's no way. There's no fucking way. I remember her just saying, like, maybe I would. She would be good as a friend of. She just added like, that at the end. Fabulous. Yeah. Like, if she could show up to some parties and start some shit, love it. If she could just like, if she could show up to the white party and be like, I heard, and then just say it. Right. Exactly. I would so, love that, but no, 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 no. Yeah. Mm. Did you have any final thoughts from the documentary? No, I thought it, I just want to say I thought it was super good. I thought that she talked about the things that I wanted her to talk about, um, besides the feigning thing, which I think she's given the answer that she intends to give. Uh, but other stuff was really good. I was happy to hear the, um, you know, I don't think people were talking about in the movie. You didn't, you didn't actually, they glossed over the Whitney stuff, but I don't think they had the rights to play it. That's what I think it was. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Yeah, but um, really I thought I it was very, very fucking good. I will say that I'm looking at Wendy, like I said, her transformation throughout the years of what she looks like. 
and the plastic surgery she got in the 90s. And she didn't have a lip to save her fucking life. She had two little lines up there. She had a equal sign up there. And she was talking about how her, she's on the radio talking about her ass is flat. And I was like, oh, because she never had any hips. Remember, she would just, <laughs> uh-huh. she just have these huge gazongas, but she looked great. And I just, I mean, not her wigs, but still, her wigs have gotten better. Um, I'm just like, I just really enjoyed the whole story because there's a lot I didn't necessarily know about Wendy. And there's a lot of stuff I remembered about Whitney. Whitney, Wendy. <laughs> and so, and like, it was, I felt like it was like, it was a, a breath of fresh for me. Good content, no COVID, loved it. Agreed. Yeah. Totally agreed. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Princess. This is a pleasure as always. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate anytime I can bully my way onto your show and you let me do it. I love it. <laughs> Tell people where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at okay then Princess, being bullied by Michael Jackson fans. And you can find me. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you can find me. On... And you can also find me every Sunday on Buy Pumpkin. I release a new episode. Right now I'm doing Real Housewives of Miami. Um, Kara has been on. She was great. I mean, come listen. Yes. Uh, thank you, Princess. Thank you. I love you. I love You're you as well. Amazing. Make those topics. <laughs> All right. Bye, girl. (laughs)